Hey everybody and welcome to the fifth episode of the JLG Numbers Podcast. My name is Jesse, and I'm here to tell you um, a lot about numbers but I also have some kind of exciting news is that I'm starting to uh, revamp the podcast even though it's, we're almost in the fifth episode and it's pretty early on. There's quite a few changes that I want to make and I think that you're really going to like them but um, we're in the works now so be extremely excited. Okay so for starters we're going to start out talking about the most previous episode of numbers and I'm sorry that I didn't get this out to you sooner but it's tough <laughs> uh, which is a terrible excuse because it was my decision to do this but anyway that's what I'm gonna s- stick to and that's what I have to okay so let's start with a recap uh, we begin with an elaborate chase uh, slash hunting following a guy who's a part of a terrorist group and Charlie's worked out this plan mathematically and logically and um, the FBI is instructed not to hurt or to come into contact with this man because it will change the entire game. Um, what these people don't understand is the terror cell understanding their of mind and their whole strategic plan. But they cannot find out where the man was taking the money unless um, they actually need to see the man and where he was heading. And they're working towards squelching an entire a terrorist attack plan. Um, it's definitely part of a larger scheme of things. And David, who was closest, I guess, to this terrorist, wasn't able to hold his position because he thought that the guy who was, um, he thought that the guy uh, they were attacking was going to kill this other man because this man, like, ran into him and so he started beating him up. But um, what he did, like, he went after and he started, like, he went to hold him up, but he, so he pretty much lost it for the entire agency, like, they were unable to take that lead and follow it. And they're not going to be able to get any information about um, out from the guy, uh, regardless of what he knows or not, because he's just not going to tell. But more importantly, Charlie explains that the guy that they have in custody doesn't know anything that will be of use to them because in a terror cell, they only know what their job is. They don't know the grander scheme of things, and so they don't know what is going to happen overall in the plan overall. They only know what their job is. They know very little. And this challenges Charlie a lot and he becomes very frustrated because now because terror cells are dynamic and so they change at all times so that is our opening scene and then um oh well maybe this part of the opening too I don't know then we see a few men shaving and like changing their hairstyles and stuff and then they're dressing up in um as army men with fake IDs and all and like they're really good so that that I believe is (laughs) I don't know the opening somewhere in there and then we have now now it involves a bunch of agencies in order to stop this attack. Uh, we're informed on the history of this case. We learned that they were tipped off by um, a laptop in Yemen, and now here we are. <laughs> we uh, um, are introduced to Captain Adams. He is kind of creepy looking, but he is helpful in teaching about the different people that may be involved. Like he knows of people from that could be um, more specifically involved in this case, and who he's also um, come into contact with through the army and like his time over in Iraq or wherever he was. And then Captain Adams decided to use a tone of voice to look down on Charlie's approach because he kind of thinks that Charlie's use of math in this situation is just really like it's really ridiculous. I, it, it does sound kind of ridiculous, and at the same time, like if you've been watching the show for a while, you're like just just trust him. But if you think about it, like back in the beginning. I totally would have been skeptical too. 
Anyway, then we come to David, Captain Adams, and Colby, and they go to the apartment or place um, where we saw earlier, we only saw little glimpses of when they were getting ready and like dressing like army people, and we find that they were actually imitating or pretending to be in the military with like full garb that they got from uh, the surplus stores. And uh, with their fake IDs, they can pretty much get anywhere, or at least get anywhere that's of importance to the military. And then, Charles and Mr. Epps are in the garage while Charlie is working, and Mr. Epps learns of the army captain, who is a bit condescending to Charlie, because Charlie's just really frustrated, and he's trying to shake it off a little bit. And uh, Mr. Epps alludes to how scary it really is, as Charlie is worried, but he's kind of calm. He he really alludes to how scary scared Charlie should probably be, because this is a terrorist attack, attack and it is really big, so that's very... Um, Mr. Epps is kind of bring, grounding Charlie here. And then um, th- we find out that there was a chemical supply theft, and it was in a place that supplies some army bases. But um, this place really supplies them with like cleaning products and chemicals, so it's a little bit uh, less problematic. But then we find out that these men stole MPDC, which is a major component in a deadly poison called sarin, and um, they have enough poison to, or they have enough of the chemical to make a poison to kill half of Ele- uh, Sorry, they have enough poison to, uh, to. They have enough chemicals to poison half of LA, and um, it is a nerve agent. And people can't breathe it, or yeah, you can't breathe it or ingest it or come into any contact with it, like skin. There's no odor, taste, or color, and people don't show symptoms until it's too late, pretty or very late, <laughs> and. Um, and it doesn't have a long shelf life, so once you mix it, you have to use it quite soon. Then we have Charlie, who consults Mr. Epps for his old city maps, because his father, you know, worked for the city, and so he's got all these really great maps about population density and everything. And he wants to calculate uh, where there is a most likely target for these to attack with Saren. And then he asks, you know, how can a couple of guys distribute a lot of Saren? It's a very important question, and we obviously find about that later. And then two patients already came into contact with Saren if, after uh, Colby or David or, well, just the FBI really had contacted all the hospitals to have an anti-Saren um, medication type deal so, so that they could um, really try to concentrate this. And they find out that two people have already been admitted with um, with cases of Saren that have been like, okay, like they know that it's for sure that, I can't think of that word. Anyway, um, so Colby and David go to investigate these two people that are in the hospital now, and they come to find out that the two men were moving and collapsed in or by a moving truck, and they're part of a family, and uh, the wife is kind of frantic because, you know, her, her, not father, that'd be sad, the wife, uh, her husband and her son, you know, are both very sick and they could be dying, and and here are these two men that are trying to tell you that, you know, this was part of a terrorist attack. And so now they're being, they're one, you know, being a little bit curious about that. But um, it turns out that there was a small sarin spill in the truck and the family rented it after the um, sarin had already been transported. And then, <laughs> okay. So the next scene, we come to see Granger, who is talking to uh, David and he wants, he's kind of, you know, hinted at the fact that he kind of wants to date Liz. Uh, but David makes sure that Granger knows that Don and Warner have a little bit of a thing. And no one's really sure because they kind of keep it hush-hush from what I can see and um, from the fact that Granger just doesn't know about it. And so, 
grade your head to be reminded. And then, okay, and then we come to Charlie and Mr. Epps who um, just come into the office and they have an idea of where they will attack. If they attack, they believe that they're going to pollute the water system um, and the city will distribute it for them and it'll make it easier on them. And they'll, they'll be able to poison more people this way. And Don, Don freaks out that his, Charlie um, let his father get involved because he just thinks it's too dangerous for their father. I don't remember if this is where it is, but Charlie just explains how deadly it is to put in water because um, once it comes in contact with the air, like, it's extremely deadly, obviously, but it's like a matter of, like, turning your water on or getting some mist from a sprinkler. Like, all of that could just kill you. So, then, then they find um, a fingerprint on the truck, the moving truck, that matches someone who has, like, a big file and national security problems and they find him and they know he was involved in transporting the sh uh sarin but they shoot they go to his house and then they um are like surrounding the house the fbi is but then the guys inside there's must be a group of them and um they shoot out the door because they must have seen them coming or it's possible that they have like cameras on the outside and whatever and they then after that apparently no one died i always want i wondered that because they i feel like they would be a pretty good shoot but what do i know and then um they put this little camera under the door to see what's going on and they see that these people are praying and that there's a number of them in there and don really wants to keep them alive because he knows that he needs to get some information from these people and maybe it is possible that it'll lead him to something greater but it's also possible to lead them to a dead end so they decide to move in but then the men inside drop a little tiny thing of sarin and kill themselves and everyone must evacuate because it is so deadly then we have the captain who is unsure that the water system is a target because it's based on math and he's just being really skeptical and um captain adams is still rude about it and charlie's freaking out because people don't seem to realize how deadly it will be and um the, just by distributing through the water it's extremely deadly in comparison to anything else they could do and this is where we come into the find that any mist of any sort will kill people. And as he's working, Charlie's trying to avoid his father because Don um, doesn't want him involved. And Mr. Epps thinks it's ridiculous and is a little frustrated because, you know, Mr. Epps, uh, he's the father of Don and Charlie. He's not, you know, he's the boss of them, kind of, although they're adults. He's still the father figure. Then the mayor's office, uh, the mayor's office receives some demands from the terrorists. Many of the demands are political. And uh, they talked about, you know, how they don't bargain with terrorists. But we move on. And Charlie filled the terror block with a man who is was very connected to all the different sections of the block. And he it makes a lot of sense until Don comes in and informs Charlie and uh, company that the suspect that Charlie believes is actually dead. And Charlie's still convinced that he owns the cell at the top, and that's his. And then we get a Charlie vision, as I like to call it, which I love. And he realizes that it was him at the top, and someone took over his plans when he died. And the government decides to give into the terrorists partially by giving them lots of money, like $2 million, to an offshore account. And then when the Saren is returned, they would uh, give t $2 million more to that same account. And we have Captain Adams, who's still being really chilling and creepy, <laughs> but whatever. And then we have Mr. Epps, who is still helping Don and speaks to him. He reminds Don that he's the father and will do what he wants if he can help. And Don isn't really in a place to be like, we don't need help. <laughs> 
when Charlie mentions that um, it is someone outside of the terror block must have have the plans because he he says that it's he doesn't um, the person in the main cell block doesn't really correspond with the people outside of him even those who are up above some of the other people in the cell block he they still only receive bits and pieces of information so in order for someone to take over these plans they would have to find all of his plans and be from the outside because they have a better overview uh, Don immediately knows who it is and then we find out that it is actually Captain Adams which I guess you know we I, I knew kind of had a feeling it was coming but I'll tell you more about that later and then he corners him and then like he tries to get him to confess he corners him in the parking garage with all of his agents and the guy's like I'm not gonna give it up but he thinks that by scaring people and the government that everything will be okay he says that if the deliverers are killed there's no chance of anyone getting hurt and he's not fessing up but he's kind of giving them hints like nothing bad is gonna happen and he's trying to reassure them but it's not really working and understandably not then we have Charlie explaining that a cell mutated over time and the captain tried to kill off the cell that was delivering the sarin but um, since there was more than the people living in the house and they thought that the cell mutated and formed another one in its place so it didn't really fix anything it's, it's still gonna happen we see on the news that there's like a tap water scare uh, and you can't use your tap water but it's really late at night so not everyone would hear it anyways and Charlie and Mr. Epps show up with a chemist professor who they had visited earlier to learn more about sarin and you know how deadly it is and Don is reluctant, but he lets them help because he realizes that he's not in a place to, um, he's not in a place to, what do you call it? He's in a place to turn down any help. And then Mr. Epps shows where the best water line is to attack because all of his years is, um, working for the city. He really knows the city and what was built when he was around. And then Charlie doesn't have time to be specific enough, so Don has to ask Captain Adams to encrypt incriminate himself to save lots of people he convinces them that you know if you kill all these people you're not going down as a good guy obviously you're not a good guy but wouldn't you want to go out better than you know killing half of LA and then everyone can help including the captain but Mr. Epps is truly the hero because the captain gave him a better idea but Mr. Epps really pulled off you know more specifics and then we have Don and Liz who have a teeny tiny moment <laughs> together and then the SWAT SWAT team and the FBI team go in and they work hard to find the attack and attack the people that are about to distribute a ton of sarin. Uh, they have to split up. SWAT goes one way, FBI goes the other. I wish I knew what SWAT stood for. I feel like I should know this, but anyway. And then when they find the pump and the people, they watch first and then they attack and they can't hit the truck because that would be deadly too. And also the people that are trying to distribute, the terrorists that are distributing the sarin are shooting back. But um, they're also able to open up some hoses, and at first, Warner thinks that maybe it's leaking, but it's just the back splash, I don't know, from the water. <laughs> and then uh, Colby and David move in to cover the pump, and at the end, the captain is, and then it goes through and they work, the pump is good and whatnot, and the city of LA is saved. But at the end, the captain is being walked off in cuffs, and he says that it isn't about the money, and there is a greater good, because he showed the reality of um, the vulnerability of Los Angeles, and he exposed a terror cell in L.A., and, you know, people just, you know, they're like, you're not a good guy, because <laughs> he thinks, he like, I think this is justification, but 
that's another topic. And then Liz and Don are going to hang out, but after this, Don tells Liz that he doesn't know what he would do if something had happened to her. It's just a, a moment that really explains that, you know, they are in a relationship. It's just a little weird. Uh, and then we end the episode with the Epps boys and a lift on the tap water warning. And Don kind of apologizes, but I don't really think it's that much of an apology. apology. But I guess for Don, maybe it is. Okay, for our first topic, I haven't really thought these out that well, so we'll see how it goes. The first topic I want to say um, is going to be Captain Adams, who is supposedly helping them with the case, and um, him turning out to be the criminal. Because we have seen this before on Numbers, but in a, a very different capacity, I think. Maybe. They're quite similar. We had it with Scott Cohen, who came on, and he was like checking it was the episode with the subways and where they released like a gas in the subway to show how vulnerable subways are i guess i don't really know and um like the whole time you get this creepy feeling that scott cohen's character is um he's got something to do with it except for not as much like captain adams because scott cohen's character was still kind of like really helping them out in a different way like he was much more giving and he was much he was much easier to give in to Don and like try to tell his boss you know let Don do his job and Captain Adams was just kind of resistant the whole way through and he really didn't like Charlie and his math and I think part of it was that Charlie was so right on and it's just so not something that you would normally think like mathematics is going to predict like the crime future of Los Angeles I guess and uh, I don't think he liked it but uh, you know what choice does he have so I just was thinking like when I was watching it I kind of had this eerie feeling about Captain Adams and I'm sure other people did too but I was always like is it going to be him they've already had this kind of story is it going to be him or is he just creepy because I think there's a lot of people on there that are actually kind of creepy and like I wonder about them but in reality they are the good guys (laughs) like um that sniper that was like in the in the crystal case with the I can't remember what it is, where she, you know, she had a daughter and she was dating, I can't even remember, it was Crystal, and like, the sniper from it, he's been in a couple of episodes, he's kind of a recurring character, but, um, he always kind of creeps me out, I'm still, I'm still a little unsure of him, but I, I feel like he really is a good guy, he really does want what's best, and so I wasn't sure if Captain Adams was going to be another, like, sniper kind of guy, and, um, so I kind of enjoyed that suspense and you know I at first I couldn't tell if I was let down by the ending that it was the captain or if you know I was okay with it but I think that because uh the story is so different than any of the other stories like I think I'm pretty okay with it and I really liked it actually um he's not I think another big difference is that he has these huge justifications he's saying you know i exposed a terror cell in los angeles i um i show our vulnerability i you know his justifications are just so wacky and out there and he thinks that he's right on and that's what's a little bit scary to me is that you know in order to live with himself he has to make these justifications and now he's believing them and i think that's really scary but that is what i have to say about the army captain Okay, so the next topic I picked out was Liz and Don. And I just think that relationships on this show are extraordinarily strange. Because you have Charlie and Amita, who kind of, you know, 
kind of are super compatible in one way, like in a work aspect and their smart aspect, but that's their entire relationship. Like they don't have much else. But then again, Charlie is very one track mind and maybe Amita is too, so it's a little bit harder. But and then you have Don and Liz who you pretty much never ever see together. Like we haven't really seen them interacting in a romantic couple y kind of way in a couple of episodes, I don't think. And I think partially because Liz wasn't here in the last week's episode but their relationship the relationships in the show kind of bothers me because I know they're second to the case since this is a procedural show but I think that longtime viewers of numbers definitely have like an attachment to certain characters and I don't understand like I don't think that you need to make the relationship a forefront of their show like I don't want this to be super character driven like in that particular way of their relationships I don't want it to turn into a show like that however I do want the relationships sorry (laughs) relationships to be realistic and maybe in the FBI that's realistic that you would work with someone then you would date them and then you would never talk to them hardly and um I just think that's really weird and I don't know what everyone else thinks about it I mean maybe everyone else likes that kind of relationship on this particular show but Maybe it's because, like, I'm a super, like, Grey's Anatomy relationship-driven show. But I want, like, a realistic, more realistic, like, you know, he's telling her that she cares, uh, Don cares so much. You know, he doesn't know what he would do without her. And that's the most interaction we see pretty much the whole time. And that bothers me. (laughs) Okay. So, I know I only got through two topics today, which is a problem. But, however... I am working on major changes, as I've mentioned before, and they're going to be amazing changes, and uh, hopefully it involves another voice. And so also, I want to hear your voices. So here's the deal. I have the blog, which is jlg-numbers.blogspot.com. The numbers is three instead of an E, because that's how the show is, and it's cool. And leave your comments there. Check out the blog. Sometimes I post little mini updates. And then... um. Also, you can email me your opinions and maybe different topics you want to talk about, especially after the show airs. I would really appreciate it if you would, like, put on, um, this is what I think would be really great if you would talk about this because it'd be really cool. Um, I want to hear what you think or other people think. And so, yes, email me that kind of stuff, anything you want to talk about, really. Um, My email address is jlgpodcasting at gmail.com. And then you can also send me a voice comment. I don't know how to use Skype simple as that however i do have that account i don't really know what's going on with it i guess i you know i'll I'll work on it that's my job i guess and um you can also send me an audio again in the blog upper right hand corner click on it and it'll take you through everything you need to know and that should be fine and all set up and then uh you could also record your own um mp3 file and then send it to me via um my gmail account my email so, um, again, jlgpodcasting at gmail.com. It's very useful, and you guys should all definitely use it. So, be expecting some major changes coming up in the next few weeks, as well as the summer schedule being planned out. Um, it might take a little bit longer than I want it to, but uh, my goal is maybe two weeks, and I'll have everything all planned out for you, so you guys have an idea of where I'm headed. And so, I'm going to go start working on that, and I want you all to have a great week, and don't forget to send me some feedback after the episode airs on Friday. So, once again, have a great week.